بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونؤمن به ونتوكل عليه ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا ومن سيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له ونشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له ونشهد ان محمدا عبده ورسوله ارسل الله تعالى بالحق بشيرا ونذيرا داعيان الى الله باذنه وسراجا منيرا فما بعد فقال تعالى يا ايها الذين امنوا اتقوا الله حق تقاته ولا تموتن الا وانتم مسلمون فقال يا ايها الذين امنوا اتقوا الله وقولوا قولا سديدا يصلح لكم اعمالكم ويغفر لكم ذنوبكم ومن يطع الله ورسوله فقد فاز فوزا عظيما وقال نبينا محمد صلى الله عليه واله وصحبه وسلم ان اصدق الحديث كتاب الله وخير الهدي هدي محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم وشر الامور محدثاتها وكل محدثه بدع وكل بدعه ضلاله وكل ضلاله في النار my dear brothers sisters elders we continue with our topic of three voices that speak to us and what to do about them but before that i want to make an announcement that i will not be here for the next 8 weeks starting next week i am going on a total immersion language learning course for the arabic language in, in vermont and the reason i am making this announcement first of all is to ask you for your dua that allah subhanahu wa taala should grant this old brain the ability to learn the language and also because i heard some rumors and i want to put all those rumors to rest and my what i want to say i won't tell you what the rumors are you can guess but i want to say to you that i'm going 8 weeks out of my earned vacation of 12 weeks and the fee for the program i am paying it not this mosque so your donations to the mosque are safe i don't take them and uh, the time that i am taking is my time which is my paid vacation i am using it for this so anyone tell you anything else you can ask them to come and talk to me over the last two weeks i spoke about the first of these voices which was the voice of shaitan today we will speak about the second and the third one the second one is even more dangerous and that is the voice of our own nafs desire and about the third voice which if we heed and obey then we can never ever go wrong nafs is an arabic word that occurs in the quran many times the literal meaning of that is self and it has been translated as psyche and ego and soul and desire and breath in the context of this khutbah we will take the meaning as desire abdullah ibn amr radiyallahu anhuma reported that rasulullah sallallahu said none of you can have faith until his desires comply with what i have brought and this is in arba'in nawawiyah anas bin malik radiyallahu anhu said in a hadith which is reported in muslim that rasulullah sallallahu said the son of adam grows old but two desires in him remain young the desire for wealth and the desire for life 
I remind myself and you that Islam is the name of a practice, not a theory. The one who practices Islam is a Muslim, not the one who only knows about Islam but doesn't practice it. Our eternal fate will be decided on the day of judgment based on what we did, not on what we knew. It is important to know because without correct knowledge, we cannot practice Islam or anything correctly. The purpose of acquiring knowledge, however, is not for its own sake, but so that we can practice our religion. Practice starts with wanting to practice. And that is why the desire, the right desire to please Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala by following the sunnah of Muhammad Rasulullah is so important. It is essential for us to recognize our desire and see what it is trying to lead us towards and to correct that focus so that we can hope for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's forgiveness and Jannah inshallah. It is the nature of the nafs, the nature of the self to lead towards sin. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala told us in Surah Yusuf, وَمَا أُبَرِّئُ نَفْسِي إِنَّ النَّفْسَ لَأَمَّارَةٌ بِسُوءٍ إِلَّا مَا رَحِمَ رَبِّي إِنَّ رَبِّي غَفُورٌ رَحِيمٌ Yusuf said, and Allah quoted, And I do not seek to free myself from blame, for indeed the self is ever inclined to evil, except for those shown the mercy of my Rabb. And surely my Rabb is all-forgiving and most merciful. Anyone who thinks that this can't happen to him or her must remember that this statement is Yusuf speaking. If he says that about his nafs, a Nabi of Allah protected by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then there is no one living today or ever who can say that he is more pious and stronger or more blessed and protected than the Nabi of Allah, Yusuf alayhi salam was. If he saw his nafs as a danger, what must we do? This is the law of entropy in a manner of speaking. To be stronger, faster, more physically and mentally agile, to gain knowledge or skills, to have a good marriage or children, in short, to have anything of value, we need to make effort. If we do nothing, we just get weaker and slower and more disconnected with the world and more stupid and so on. Our nature is to regress, to slide down the slope. To be inclined to sin does not mean it is good. It is what will happen if we don't take steps to prevent it. The good news is, that all of that is preventable. To prevent us from slipping, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent his book and his messenger sallallahu and commanded us to obey him and to follow him in all aspects of life. We spoke about shaitan's deception last two weeks and we said that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala told us that shaitan has no power over us. He can only whisper and tempt but he can't force us to disobey Allah. The nafs, however, is a part of us. In Ramadan, shayateen are chained, but the nafs is free. The nafs does whatever we have trained it to do. And that is why childhood conditioning is so important. A child is never too young to learn. Children learn from the time they open their eyes. Learning is a survival tool. If a child does not learn, the child will die. This is ingrained, it's part of our, of, of our genes. We fool ourselves to thinking that children don't understand. Then we are horrified at what we taught them, even if inadvertently. 
we have been trained to be obedient if we train them and if we have been trained to be obedient to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala the nafs will be inclined to obedience if not it will guide us to what appeals to it the nafs is the animal part of our being and is drawn to what all animals are drawn towards which is excess in physical pleasures gluttony all addictions the desire to have the biggest shiniest fastest and what not are all signs of the rule of the nafs just look at our advertising today see who the so called influencers are the social the social icons the role models of society see who they are and you can see what's happening and what we are being mind steered towards we are a society where a pop singer or actor is paid more for a single performance than a teacher earns in their entire life and yet we lament how society is becoming more and more corrupt the truest rule of life is you only get what you pay for just look at your life and my life and you will see how true that is the sooner we wake up to this the sooner we will change and that is why allah subhanahu wa ta'ala ordered us to enter islam completely not partially allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said ya ayyuhalladhina amanu udkhulu fi silmi kaffatan wala tattabi'u khutuwati shaitan innahu lakum aduwwun mubin allah said which, which means o oh believers enter islam completely and totally and wholeheartedly and do not follow shaitan's footsteps surely he is your sworn enemy our problem globally is selective obedience selective obedience is disobedience selective obedience is arrogance allah subhanahu wa ta'ala warned us and he said afatuminuna bi ba'dil kitabi wa takfuruna bi ba'd fama jazaa'u man yaf'alu dhalika minkum illa khizyun fil hayati ad-dunya وَيَوْمَ الْقِيَامَةِ يُرَدُّونَ إِلَىٰ أَشَدِّ الْعَذَابِ وَمَا اللَّهُ بِغَافِلٍ عَمَّا تَعْمَلُونَ Allah said which means do you believe in some part of the scripture and reject the rest? Do you pick and choose? Is there any reward for those? And Allah is using the word reward jaza in a sarcastic way. Is there any reward for those who do so among you other than disgrace in this worldly life? and being subjected to the harshest punishment on the day of judgment for allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is never unaware of what you do islam is a practice which like all practices benefits only those who follow it completely partial practice is not only useless but harmful let us wake up and take real benefit from this beautiful divine blessing called islam how tragic that those who were given islam as a gift seem to have so little value for it we pick and choose instead of benefiting from what allah subhanahu wa ta'ala chose for us we anger him by rejecting his gift we can't say that we won't want let us step back from the brink before it is too late and that is istighfar and tauba to repent and return to allah just this morning i saw a sister who has come to take shahada inshallah after the salah we will go into the social hall for her to take shahada i saw this sister who has come to take shahada she is not even muslim yet but believe me wallahi if i look at her i can say this woman is born into islam nobody can say that this woman is not already a muslim 
just as appearance and i can and i i don't have to tell you you know what we so called born muslims whose ancestors have been muslims for a thousand years what we say and what we do believe me allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has no favorites with allah the most favorite is the one who obeys him the most khalas and if you do not do that then allah subhanahu wa ta'ala declared his judgment for the ibadun nafs the slaves of the of the nafs allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said araita man ittakhadha ilahahu hawa afa anta takunu alayhi wakila allah said have you seen o muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam the one who has taken their own desires as their god ilahahu hawa they worship their desires will you then be a keeper over them are you going to intercede for them meaning what say so do not intercede for them allah subhanahu wa ta'ala called the following of the nafs over his command as worship of the nafs and order his messenger muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam not to intercede for that person what can be a more severe warning than this that it is time to change ourselves The final point about the nafs is that all desires are transient they are temporary they are short lived and quickly depreciate anything new is exciting but the excitement wears off rapidly for those who are grateful it lasts a bit longer but it's never the first day first show kind of level of pleasure just reflect on any wonderful experience that you had in your life first new car first time you fly first class first anything you enjoy It's not the same the second time to you do that. There is a depreciation. Our enjoyment decreases and becomes mundane, and that is why we have the term "been there, done that." And that is why the nafs seeks excess, excess or newer experiences, more and more varied, often going off into the realm of the bizarre or freaky. That's what is happening around us in society all over the world. which rapidly slides towards all kinds of dangerous even disgusting things in the name of new experiences ask people today about their aspirations and you hear statements which reflect the greed mindset more is better we don't take lessons from those who went before us whose normal was a million times better than our wildest dream but who still left it all behind and went alone and naked to give account to allah the nafs is like a bottomless pit no matter how much you put into it it will never fill rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam warned us about this greed the hadith of which is which is muttafaqun alayhi sahih hadith in bukhari and muslim anas bin malik radhiyallahu anhu reported that rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam said if the son of adam had a valley full of gold he would want to have two valleys nothing fills his mouth but the dust of the grave yet allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will relent to whoever repents to him let us wake up before we are woken up by malakul maut from the stupor that we call living and the race to destruction that we call life qulu qawli hadha astaghfirullah li wa lakum wa li sa'iril muslimin fastaghfiruh innahu huwal ghafurur rahim alhamdulillah الحمد لله حمدا كثيرا كما امر ونشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له ونشهد ان محمدا عبده ورسوله 
فقال تعالى ان الله وملائكته يصلون على النبي يا ايها الذين امنوا صلوا عليه وسلموا تسليما اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد وعلى ال محمد كما صليت على ابراهيم وعلى ال ابراهيم انك حميد مجيد اللهم بارك على محمد وعلى ال محمد كما باركت على ابراهيم وعلى ال ابراهيم انك حميد مجيد for those who repent Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's forgiveness is boundless Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said illa man taba wa amana wa amila amalan salihan fa ulaika yubaddilu Allahu sayyi'atihim hasanat wa kana Allahu ghafurur rahima Allah said which means and for those who repent and believe and do good deeds they are the ones whose evil deeds Allah will change into good deeds not only forgiveness but Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will reward them and turn those evil deeds into good deeds and give them a reward not reward for the evil but the good deed that comes that it substituted with has a reward for allah is all forgiving most merciful i remind myself and you that the time to choose is now the last voice is the voice of our rahman i don't mean that allah will speak to us but that it is the voice of our conscience our innate nature which allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created which can differentiate between good and evil the question is do we listen to it to do that we must connect with allah subhanahu wa ta'ala we must know allah we must feel allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's presence in our hearts we must love allah subhanahu wa ta'ala over and above anyone or anything else we must use our eyes not just to see things but to recognize the glory of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala around us The amazing thing today is that thanks to technology that Allah Subhanahu wa Ta'ala taught us we are able to see his creation in such incredible detail as never before but because we have not been trained to recognize Allah in his creation we don't see the creation as his signs that is truly tragic and that is why Allah Subhanahu wa Ta'ala showed us how to educate first know the creator then research in the creation the result is automatic and beautiful allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said inna fi khalqis samawati wal ardi wa ikhtilafi al-layli wan nahari la ayatin li uli al-albab alladhina yadhkuruna allaha qiyaman wa qu'udan wa ala junubihim wa yatafakkarun wa yatafakkarun fi khalqis samawati wal ardi ربنا ما خلقت هذا باطلا سبحانك سبحانك فقنا عذاب النار الله said which means indeed in the creation of the heavens and the earth and the alternation of the day and the night there are signs for people of intelligence who are they they are those who remember Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala while standing sitting and lying on their sides which reflects every aspect of human existence and they reflect on the creation of the heavens and the earth and they ask and they say oh our lord oh our rab you have not created all of this without a purpose in vain glory be to you protect us from the torment of the fire but instead of teaching in this way we have separated science and theology and you have created a gulf between the word of allah in the quran and his word in the creation both are his ayat his signs and that is why we have ulama who are ignorant about science and muslim scientists who cannot even recite surah al-fatiha correctly and neither of them sees that as a problem 
When we know Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and learn to listen to his guidance, which is the book of Allah, and the teachings of his messenger Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, the sunnah of Rasulullah sallallahu then our hearts open to his commands. We take comfort from what he said about how close he is to us. There is no time here now to speak about all of these ayat in detail, but let me just give you a sample. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, وَلِلَّهِ الْمَشْرِقُ وَالْمَغْرِبُ فَأَيْنَمَا تُوَلُّوا فَثَمَّ بَجْهُ اللَّهِ إِنَّ اللَّهَ وَاسِيٌ عَلِيمٌ Allah said, to Allah belong the east and the west. So wherever you turn, you are facing towards Allah. You will see the sign of Allah. And surely Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is all-encompassing and all-knowing. For the one who recognizes this, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala asked a question. Ask yourself, what is my response? The question Allah asked is, أَلَيْسَ اللَّهُ بِكَافٍ عَبْدَهُ وَيُخَوِّفُونَكَ بِالَّذِينَ مِن دُونِهِ وَمَنْ يُضْلِلِ اللَّهُ فَمَا لَهُ مِنْ هَادٍ Allah said, is Allah not sufficient for his slave? Yet they threaten you with, our, with other powerless gods. Besides Allah, whoever Allah leaves to stray will be left with no guide. The gods that we are threatened with today are not stone idols, but technology and ideas. We believe in those more than we believe in the word of Allah. May Allah forgive us. And that is shirk and idolatry as surely as praying to a statue. Just ask how many hours we spend in our phones and how many hours in the Quran. Ask which we get tired of first, the Quran, the Khatira, the Khutbah or TikTok. Ask what we look towards first when we have any problem, dua or technology. Do we factor Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala into our lives at all? Remember, I'm not saying don't look at technology. First, which comes first? Where, which do you see as the source of the solution that you are seeking? If you don't do that, then we are worshipping whichever we think of as first. Because that is the one we are looking to for the solution. The other one is secondary. For those who recognize that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is in our lives anyway, we love that and want to connect with him. And he reassured us. And he said, وَمَنْ يَتَّقِ اللَّهَ يَجْعَلْ لَهُ مَخْرَجَ وَيَرْزُقُهُ مِنْ حَيْثُ لَا يَحْتَسِبُ وَمَنْ يَتَوَكَّرَ لَلَّهِ فَهُوَ هَزْبُ إِنَّ اللَّهَ بَالِغُ أَمْرِهِ قَدْ جَعَلَ اللَّهُ لِكُلِّ شَيْءٍ قَدْرًا And whoever is mindful of Allah, whoever has taqwa, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he will make a way out for him from all difficulties. And will provide them from sources they could never imagine. And whoever puts their trust in Allah, then he alone is sufficient for them. Certainly, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala achieves his will. And Allah has already set a destiny for everything. And he, Jalla Jalaluhu, told us to ask him and promised to give us what we ask. But do we ask him? He said, وَقَالَ رَبُّكُمُ دُعُونِي أَسْتَجِبْ لَكُمْ إِنَّ الَّذِينَ يَسْتَكْبِرُونَ عَنْ عِبَادَتِي سَيَدْخُلُونَ جَهَنَّمَ دَاخِرِينَ He said, which means your Rabb has proclaimed, call upon me and I will respond to you. أُدْعُونِي أَسْتَجِبْ لَكُمْ What more do you want? 
Surely those are who are too proud to worship me will enter hell fully humbled. In conclusion, three voices and three choices, but only one will lead to success in this world and the next. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala left us free to choose, but sent us guidance both in word and practice. He gave us example after example of what happens when we accept guidance and when we don't. Then he left us free to choose. He will respect that choice and will give us whatever we choose. The question is, what do I want to choose for myself? I ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to help us to do that which is pleasing to him and to save us from that which does not please him. I ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to protect us from all the evil that we know and we don't know. I ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to help us to understand, to stop worrying about things and to help us to understand that as long as Allah is there, what is the need to worry about anything? I will start worrying when Allah is no longer there. Naudhubillah, that will never happen. I will worry about my family and about my food and about my rizq and about my sustenance when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's treasure has run out. Because he promised to feed me. When he can no longer do so, then I will worry. And we know that his treasures never run out. I will worry about enemies when my enemies are stronger than Allah. And that won't happen. Let the enemy call whoever he has has strength. And I will call my Rabb. And let us see who wins. I ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to fill our hearts with yaqeen, with complete and total knowledge of Allah. With total and complete and total reliance on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And make us among the mutawakkilun. And keep us among those that Rasulullah said that 70,000 will enter Jannah without Hisab. And they asked him, Ya Rasulullah, who is that? And he said, they are the mutawakkilun. Ask Allah to include us among them, inshaAllah. Rabbana faqfir lana dhurubana wa kaffir anna sayyatina wa tawaffana ma'ala barat. ربنا ظلمنا انفسنا وان لم تغفر لنا وترحمنا لنكونن من الخاسرين ربنا آتنا في الدنيا حسنه وفي الاخره حسنه وقنا عذاب النار وصلى الله على نبينا الكريم وعلى اله وصحبه اجمعين برحمتك يا ارحم الراحمين يا عباد الله رحمكم الله ان الله يأمر بالعدل والاحسان وايتاء ذي القربى وينهى عن الفحشاء والمنكر والبغي يعظكم لعلكم تذكرون اذكروا الله يذكركم عدوا يستجيب لكم ولا ذكر الله يكبر ولا حيا لما تسنون أخي مسلم